0: I tell you, it would, it, I know you don't come there to hear me, see, because no one would drive that far to hear a preacher. You come there because it's you, you believe the message and you believe in Christ. And uh, I appreciate that. I'm so thankful to have friends like that. To have someone who, who appreciates your, your efforts, that's what you're trying to do, to, to drive that far over them conditions. One thing I can say, I wish I told media I said I wonder if we could have all the people come from over 50 miles up home for dinner. See? I don't know what we do with them, see? Cause the biggest part of our church, I guess 80% of them are you people. It's made up from Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia and uh, places like that where you come from. And uh you think and none of the people that come are rich people, they're just common people. And I know that takes a whole lot of your saving your pennies to do that. Because I know how much gasoline it takes to come and go, and besides that, to wear and tear on a car for the round trips about, well, I guess it's about 1,600, 1,700 miles for one sermon. And come that each week. Think of that. See, I just, I feel about that little, honest. It's like a half-inch high to stand before you to really tell you how how I appreciate it. Wife and I were talking. If you people didn't come, when I have service, the tabernacle wouldn't pay me to go down, because there's more in this room right now than would be there if it wasn't for you people. That's exactly true. And that fulfills what the Scripture says in our own country, among our own people. Your your respects and honor always comes from the outsider. I don't know why, but I don't mean, the out, I mean from outside of your own home, of course couldn't think of you all being outsiders, you're my fellow brothers and citizens in the kingdom of God. And uh, uh, here some time ago, I had a little old alligator stuffed up down here, and I told Brother Welch that's coming down to get it, and the kids didn't get to finish their vacation, and I thought I'd run them down to Florida, down St. Petersburg in the morning, and on down, or go up Miami, and come around over the Tamama Trail, and back up home, and have to go to school right away, and I thought this would be a good time to stop by for the gator, and so Brother Welch, uh, Brother Fred, and Brother Woods came with me, so that gave me a chance to bring the kids, and they're going to take my gator back, and uh, I thought while I was down here, I'd just like to have your little group together to tell you how I appreciate you, how I appreciate your efforts, and Brother and Sister Evans, and Brother and Sister. Uh, I, I get it, I call it ST. I know it's TS. Uh, there's a a gargle mouthwash that they call ST37, and that's how I call you ST. Not from a, it's a, it's a good thing too. It's a dandy. It's got all the rest of them beat, in my opinion. They use it in the army, and I, I use it for about anything to gargle with and for a mouthwash. And take it on a hunting trip with me. Where if my horse gets hurt or portal little that, anything you know, is it's good for all around. I guess. You find him that way too, don't you, sister? Um, <laughs> all the way around. To wash the dishes sometime, and so forth. And um so, uh, I thought maybe, as tonight, I said to Brother Welch, "What would you? What would we say when the folks come around?" You think? We thought maybe if you had a little question on your mind, just a little something that you could maybe something that. I could answer something that you wouldn't want to take maybe their time up at the Tabernacle when you're there, some little question, and that's what I dropped by for. So we know you go to work in the morning at ten minutes after nine. So we'll get right into it. But before we do that, could we just bow our head for a word of prayer? Our heavenly Father, we're so glad for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who who saved our souls from a life of sin and has made us the citizens of his kingdom by his grace we are saved and that not by ourselves or by our works but by his mercy we are saved so we're so glad of that and we know that someday we'll see him for we'll have a body like his own glorious body and we'll see him as he is at this time yet we do not know how that will take place but It's not for us to know. We only look forward to it by faith. And the whole walk is faith. So we're thankful for these things. We pray that you'll bless these people, Lord. As I drove down here, you know what was in our hearts last night, wife and I, as we talked along the road. How that blessful we feel to be to have friends that would uh, sacrifice to come hear the glorious gospel of the Son of God would drive all those hundreds of miles through a day and night, just to hear one message. God, I pray that you'll give them, each one, a glorious home in the kingdom. Bless them while they're here on earth. Prosper them in whatever they do. May it prosper. And these young children, Lord, just little fellows yet, and many of them here in teenage, and yet they sit with reverence and respects as an adult. God, I think they're the best in the land. I pray that you'll bless them, Lord. May they never want for anything. And may in the great kingdom beyond, when the family is all gathered together, I'm sure they'll be there, Father. I pray that you'll have each one of them there. May they never turn from that great narrow path that they've been taught to walk in. Grant it, Lord. Now tonight, I thought, Father, we'd find out what's on the people's hearts. You know their hearts. And I pray, Thee, Father, that you'll help me in to answer their questions, that it might be good for us, that it'd be good for us to be here And we could go along saying, did not our hearts burn within us? Because of his presence. Come now, Lord. Walk around the chairs. Put your hand on every shoulder. Rub your nail-scarred hand across each heart that we might know that it's our Lord that's near. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we have a Bible here. I'd just like to read a, a scripture in here just for a minute to get a little start before we get into the uh, lesson or the questions each other. And this, I'd like to read this uh, a place I found this afternoon. I was riding up riding with Brother Welch and I up in the front seat of Brother Sofman's truck there and I read something. I thought I'd just like to speak of it just for a few minutes if I can find it in his... Uh, uh, Oh yes, here we are. In the sixteenth chapter of Acts, and begin about the thirty-seventh verse. But Paul said unto them, "They have beaten us openly. I beg your pardon. That's not just where I wanted. It. Just where I wanted to start reading it. It's, I was reading a spot in here just." To, I'll get it just in a moment. Here we are. It's the 29th verse. 28th verse, let's again. But Paul cried with a loud voice and said, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And they called for a light, sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas. And they saw... And so brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said unto him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. It's just one of these little twisting questions that I thought that I would like to speak of just a minute um, about thy house. Being I see you each one so nicely have your House set in order, your your children saved, and and uh, uh, that's that's nice to have your family all Christians, because I we we want our families. We each one think of our children, and I certainly can command you find people down here all of your lovely uh, children. How you have them all in order and everything like that. Uh, how do you do, sister? And I believe this is, uh, wasn't that mother just coming back there? The Lord bless you. I'm glad to see you again tonight. And I believe this is Brother Willie's wife, isn't it, right? And that's the boss of the family right there, as I understand. It. Or that's the way it goes at our house. <laughs> and to have your house. Now, Paul said here to um, to this uh, Roman centurion, uh, when he was, we find out that Paul had been beaten the evening before commanded by the magistrates and had been beaten because that uh, he had done nothing evil he'd been up there preaching the gospel and uh, the clergy there had it against paul of course he preached the gospel and they said he's turning the world upside down and um, he went down the street as a little fortune teller a woman with a, a spirit of fortune telling and uh, she was hard to tell these fortunes, and when they were going down the street, she cried after Paul and said, "They're a man of God who tell us the way of of life and uh, Paul didn't need the devil to assist him in anything, so he just turned around and rebuked that spirit and the woman and when it did, all oh, that caused an uproar and when they found out the the spirit had left her, and she could not tell no more fortunes so uh, the the one that had her heart out there was probably taking care of her. Why, it caused a great uproar, and they were beaten and put into jail. And I can imagine Paul and Silas laying back in that old buggy jail on the inner courts way back. The outside where the best prisoners was kept was bad enough, but they was on the inside, and when they went way back, they was putting stocks. I don't know, would you all ever see stocks? I've had the privilege of seeing them. They, they put them in your, across your feet, and then they put them across your hands, and then put them across your neck, and there you are sitting there. And the Chinese capital punishment, the way they used to do it, is very cruel. They'd put them in those stocks and put a drip of water, just one drip at a time, falling on top of their head like that until it just drove them insane. They'd sit there and give them nothing to eat or drink like that, and their, their eyes would turn and everything. and just a horrible thing. they say the first few drops, of course, for maybe the first day it isn't so bad. But they say after a few days that those drops, like 50 tons fall in the time. Hit right in that same spot because you can't move your head. You're in those stocks. And just think that Paul and Silas for preaching the gospel was laying back in that old dirty place and probably rats and mice and bugs on them and everything. What a place for a man preaching the gospel. And we think today that we complain because we have things a little hard. Look what they did. And knowing what was waiting and perhaps execution the next morning. But they were faithful. They 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 were they stayed faithful. And long about midnight in there, and I, I can just think of how they must have felt, their backs sticking to the old dirt were prisoners and there's leprosy and everything else in, in them days and laying against the old hard floor. Might have been a dirt floor, rats running over them. But in the midst of all of that, perhaps no supper, and beaten toers, bleeding and bruised and sore, no doctor to wash out the wounds or anything for infection that we'd use today or something like that. Just throw them back there and put them in the stocks and put them in that condition. But they wasn't complaining. Not one word of complaint came from them. And knowing maybe the next morning that the magistrates would probably uh, call them before the emperor and when they did or the Sanhedrin and they'd be executed for preaching this heresy that was called in them days, the gospel that we truly earnestly contend for that same faith today. And um, then when we go to thinking about that, then the miles gets a little shorter between one another, you see, each time we go to thinking about it. And um, then we uh, find out that along about midnight, uh, Paul and Silas uh, must have talked about the Lord until about midnight, and then they begin to sing hymns, some good old Christian song. Oh, if we'd sing it today, we'd sing There's Power in the Blood, or... Oh how I love Jesus, or something like that. And when they begin to sing, all of a sudden an earthquake struck the place. And notice how instead of piling those walls of that big old building right in on top of them and them and mashing them to death, it shook the walls away from them. And not only that, but it, it it broke the stocks and bars loose from them, and they were set free. I think over their feet, over their hands, and over their neck, they were set free. Every one of them. And instead of that big old heavy Roman prison breaking in on them, it fell away from them like this. And not only that, but the shackles and things fell off of them. See, that's our God when we hold out faithful. See, we must stay faithful. And as long as we're faithful, and, you know, we, not, we may not be in that kind of a shape. We None of us may get, I hope we don't get like that. But we can be faithful in what we've got to, what we have to go through with. Maybe it's a persecution. Maybe it's somebody laughs at you. Maybe somebody says, you're old time, you're a holy roller or whatever they might want to call you or make fun of you or something. Let's be faithful just the same, because God respects our faithfulness to that just the same as He would respect their faithfulness to what they, were, they had to go through with. And then all of a sudden when the Roman prisoner, the centurion, must uh, must uh the guard at the door, he must have thought that that night when Paul and Silas were talking on Scripture, he must have learned something because he didn't know the man. But he must have known some way or heard their singing or something that caused him to know right quick that they were a holy man. Because, you see, they, he was a Roman, and they were Jews, and he was a pagan, and they were Christians. But did you notice as soon as he found out that, there was, that the prison had been shut down, and he noted he'd have to answer for that a century. You remember the time of Elijah? When he had himself disguised and met King Ahab out there and said, I was a sentry and my life, of course, was staked with the man and he got away. And and uh, he said, well, you pay for it then with your life. That's the duty of a sentry. So he unwrapped himself and said, he was Elijah the prophet. And said, you let it, the, the uh, king go, Agagger And he said, you'll, you'll pay with it with your own life. And he did do it. So then... Uh, we find out that this Roman centurion, knowing that he had answered with his own life for these, he pulled out his sword as soon as he found out it gone and started to kill himself. Take his own life instead of having to go through punishment. Some of those, maybe setting them the same kind of stocks and so forth until he died. So he thought he'd just end it all up and jerk out his sword and kill himself. But quickly, Paul screamed out when he saw it and said, Do yourself no harm, for we're all here. See? And the man realized then that. There must have been something taken place before that that made this man to know that they were Christian men or holy man because quickly he fell down at their feet i 'd imagine he heard them singing songs, he heard them testifying, he heard their conversation now let 's just think a minute folks. If that Roman centurion was convinced and convicted because that he heard them two men beaten prisoners, uh, we're still free. And we're not beat or prisoners, but your and their testimony had such an influence till it caused him to say, "What must I do to be saved?" Then what are we to do with our influence? See, we should be testifying. You young people, whatever it is, you may not preach. Maybe God never called you to preach, but you—if you're a housewife or whatever you are, teenager—let's let, do something. You know that and live a life that makes the people say, "Well, that—that's a Christian going there. That—that's a Christian." And um, so we find that this fellow must have been impressed some way by them songs or whatever they were doing in there to realize they were Christians. So um, he got a light, and when he come in and seen that there stood Paul, even the prisoners back in there, none of them was trying to get away. Everybody was there. So he, he put up his sword and fell down by the feet of Paul and Silas and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now... Did you notice you and I today, and most all ministers or so forth, we're always trying to tell a fellow what not to do. We'd say, "Now quit your smoking, quit your lying, quit your stealing, quit your this or that." Now that that wasn't what the man asked. He he didn't say what do I have to quit doing to be saved. He said, "What must I do to be saved?" See, we try to tell him what he must stop doing. See, and say, "Well, I must uh, do this, that, the other." No, see. That isn't the question, what must I do? Now, what must I stop doing? But you just do what you're supposed to do, and all the rest of it will take care of itself. You're lying, stealing, or or drinking, gambling, and doing the things that's evil. It'll stop when you do what Paul answered his question. What must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy, and thy house shall be saved. Now, the reason I thought about saying this because... You people here, most of you, your your children are saved. See, they're Christians. I've admired Brother Evans' family, these young men here. Usually, who would you get a teenager sit around listening listen to someone preacher talk? Well, they'd be out and gone somewhere. Little girls like that. I said to Brother Fred, his kids, why, they, they can just hear me say one thing, it's wrong. They're, they're ready to stop it right now, you see, and set with the highest respect instead of being out... Uh, hot rod and rambling around, they'll, when they hear you speak about the gospel, they're ready to sit right there and listen. See? Now I know we all won't think our kids as renegades and things like that, but we, we must stop that. I, I, believe it. we must remember that these kids are the best kids in the world because they're our children and we claim them for God. Now, your salvation will not save that child. But now Paul said, said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy and thy house shall be saved. Now, he, now, what did he mean by that? He didn't mean that because they were saved, that their house would be saved with it. He meant this, that because they were, if he had enough faith to be saved himself, his same amount of faith that he had for himself would work for his children. See what I mean? Now, I've got my children. There's my little son, Joseph, Billy, Sarah, Rebecca. Well, now, I want to see each one of them, a worker in the gospel, doing something. I want to see them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I've committed them to God and say I'm holding Mm -hmm. on to God for them, see? And I believe they're going to be saved, every one of them, see? I believe they're going to be saved, and I'll have them on the other side. And uh, I don't believe my salvation will save them, no. But my faith in God will do it, you see? My faith, believing God, will do it. And it them to come to Christ. And I believe that's where you people, praying for your children, and that's the reason your children has the the manners and the and the real lady and gentleman in this uh, wild age that we're living in, yet they have that that uh, part about them. It's the best I know of any kids. See? Well, I think the reason of that is because it's your prayers for them, and you've committed them to God and holding on. See, now, the Romans said... Uh, what must I do? He is ask for himself. He said, what must I do? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and thy house shall be saved. See? Now, now we've got one thing to do. Let's drop back just a minute to get something to drive in on my text. Now, it's this. Let's take an old man that I know of in the Bible by the name of Job. Now, Job was a great man. There was nobody like him in his days. Job was a prophet. And... Uh, People come from far and near to hear Job. And God blessed him, and he, has, he has prospered. He is a rich man. Oh, he had thousands. They had cattle and sheep and, and the things that he had. And uh while he said when he would go uh, out into the streets, the young princes from the east, that's the magi, uh, the wise astronomers, you know, they were saying, said they would bow before him just to ask the word of his wisdom. See, he was a smart man. He is, He's a prophet. And... Uh, so uh, the devil looked down and he saw that it, Job was a smart man. So uh, I'll show you how a, a smart man does. Now coming back to the text, I in the house. Job said when he seen everything was just in good order, like your homes are now. He said, uh, you know, my children's married and gone off. I said, maybe one, of, one prevent your one of might have sinned. Now there's one requirement God had. That was a burnt offering. He said, now, I don't, he didn't believe his children sin, but said, per venture they might sin because they're visiting one another and going to the parties at one another's homes and so forth and mixing up, I guess, and so forth. He said, if one of them has sin, so, Lord, I bring a burnt offering and offer this burnt offering for my child, see? And uh, that's all they know to do. That's all God required, a burnt offering. That's what all he required. Well, then when the great midnight hour come and struck and poor old Job was in the condition he was, he, you know, he lost all of his cattle, all of his sheep and the storms, come and kill his children, fire burned up his servants, and, and he broke his own health, failed and He sat in the backyard on an ash heap, and, and his own bo- body broke out with boils, so he took a piece of crock and scraped his barrels. And even his wife uh, got discouraged with him. He come and said, Job, now uh, let, let's just kind of think the way she said Now, look, there sits Job. He sat out there all night. There sits uh, uh, his consolers with their back turned to him. And they've told him he's sinned. That's the church member. That's uh, the deacon board or whatever it is of the church. Come down to see him. And they sit seven days there and still tell him, Job, you might as well make a confession because you have sinned because God wouldn't let a righteous man be tormented like that. But God does let a righteous man be tormented like that. See? God sometimes, it, it, things happen to us because we sin, but sometimes it, it's testing a saint instead of chastising a sinner. So we find out that uh, Job was a righteous man when God was testing him because Satan said, oh, sure. When he came up before God with the sons of God, he said, God said to him, where you been? He said, oh, just walking to and fro and up and down on the earth. He said, you consider my servant Job? He's a perfect man. There's nobody on the earth like him. God was pleased with that. Oh, he just loves to have a servant that he can trust in. He said, there's not another man on earth like him. See? He said, he's a perfect man. And that was before the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. See? And he said, uh, he's a perfect man. He's just. He's upright. There's none like him. Satan said, oh, sure. Look what you've done for him. You give him everything. He's got homes. He's got children. He's got cattle. He's got everything he wants. Sure, anybody could serve you like that. said, so let me have him one time. I'll make him curse you to your face. He said, Satan, he's in your hand, but don't you take his life. Now, that was God's trust that his prophet would not fail him. See? And he's trusting you and I that we won't fail him. And then he and He said, don't you take his life. And Satan done everything but take his life. His children got killed and his cattle killed and uh, everything, is all of his riches was lost and he lost his health and everything but his life, sat out there and scraped his boils, and his wife come to the door and... and uh, Satan got in her and said, uh, thou looked out there and said, why don't you curse God and die? He said, uh, uh, you look so miserable. He said, thou speakest like the foolish woman. See? Now, he's never said she is foolish, he said she talked like one. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. See? In other words, naked came I in the world, he said, naked I'll return, but blessed be the name of the Lord anyhow. I never had nothing when I come here, and I'll go away with nothing, but still, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, my. You know, God will just let Satan tempt us so long. And then he gets tired of it, you see. So he's seen he could, Satan had to leave him, man. But uh, Abinadrat and all of them still stayed there and said, Well, you're a sacred sinner. But Job stayed pat on this. I am not a sinner. See? Job, you, you're done, you don't want to confess it, see, because you're a secret sinner. You're doing it secretly, and God's punishing you for it, so that's the reason that uh, things are going for you the way they are. But he said, no, sir, I'm not a sinner, because he was standing pat upon that righteousness of God, that burnt sacrifice. He had offered it. That's all he had to offer. That's all God required. And did you notice? As the Spirit of God had come on the prophet. And everything got all right. You see, God restored back to Job what? He restored back to him his Where he had 10,000 cattle, he gave him 20,000 cattle. Where he had 40,000 sheep, he gave him 80,000 sheep, see? And he restored everything back to him that he ever had. And you notice, it said, and he restored his seven children. See? He gave Job his seven children. Not, didn't give him seven other children, but he gave Job his seven children. Now, what was it? His house. Thy and thy house. Because he was righteous, because he was standing on everything that God gave us to be righteous or gave him was to offer that burnt offering. And he noted that was God's Word and it could not fail. So did you ever think where them children was? They was in heaven waiting for him. See, he's with them today. And God saved Job's children. They were in heaven waiting for him. See? Now, if Job took an act upon the very thing that God told him to do, the only thing it was to be righteous, was to offer a burnt offering that was righteous, and he saved Job and his house. And what is righteous before God? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy and thy house shall be saved. So if I'm believing for my house and you're believing for your house, by believing that uh, we trust God, God imputes our own faith like He did Abraham or Job or any of them. For righteousness, you see. So it's allotted to us for righteousness. And that's how. That thou and thy household shall be saved. Oh, I think it's a wonderful thing. So then, not only that, but I'm holding for every brother. All my brothers. My sister. I'm not only holding for that, but I'm holding for every person that's in my church. I'm holding for you all. I want you to hold for me. Because of the righteousness of faith. We don't have to make a burnt offering. Christ is our offering. But we have to have faith. And that's offering that Christ made, that he made us this kind of a a promise, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. When thou prayest, believe that you receive what you've asked for, and you shall have it. Now, if I'm praying that God will save these teenage children, and I believe with all my heart he'll do it, see, that's the same way Job stood. Say, oh, look at this kid. I don't care what he's doing or what she's doing. I still have put that child in the hand of Almighty God and my, me and my house shall be saved. See? Because I, even though I may pass on before they do, but somehow before they leave here, God will twist them right down on the trail. I, I believe that somehow or another. He'll make it so miserable for them until they have to do it. See, And um, that's why I believe it's Thou and thy house shall be saved. I've seen a many, that, I've watched that coming into my meetings. Many time an old boy come up there has been rough all his life. He'd fall down on his knees and go to cry and get up. So well, I had a dear old mother. Oh, if she's in heaven tonight, I know she's looking down and she's glad to see me at this altar. See, what it is that old mother prayed and believed. See, she's gone all along, but here's them prayers. Because the righteousness, see, thy and thy house shall be saved. God knows how to work. He knows how to do. He knows how to do everything just right. As I said the other day, when we are born of the Spirit of God... God isn't weak in one place and strong in another. If you've got a little shadow of God in you, just a little speck of God, then you've got all power. You've got enough power in you to make a world and go out and live in it. But, of course, that power is controlled by faith. If it wasn't, we'd all have us a world out there living in it. But if you're a son of God or a daughter of God, you've got the power of God in you. See? So then you um, that law holds that faith to a certain thing. Now, let's take, for instance, all of us, we say. We once lied, we'd steal, we'd, we'd uh, curse and swear and do everything that's wrong. Well, one day when we accepted Christ, what did He do? He opened up as soon as we accepted Him. That's a faith, just like Paul told the Roman I have, believe. Just exactly what Job did, believe. See? And as soon as we accepted Christ as our Savior, immediately we received enough faith that we walked away no more lying. No more stealing. No more cheating. See? No. Why? We rode right up above that sin that we used to ride in there. We, we of that much faith. Why? Because that we believe that we are saved. Is that right? We believe here that we are saved. So then we ride up above that because we believe we are saved. Now listen to this just before I get to the questions. See? Brother, sister, I'm going to give you a little secret on myself. I guess you've often wondered how I see those visions and things. What makes it? It's because when he met me that night and told me that, see, this would happen. I believe it. I solemnly believe it. And I go in to pray for the sick. If I can ever get a feeling that something's fixing to happen, they're fixing to get well. So always it's about right. And that's the way we must do with our family, with anything that we ask for. We must pray, and God respects faith, you see. To believe it, we must believe that it is right. Now, with that little bit of God, when you said, Yes, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy of your love. But you did love me, so I accept you as my Savior. Immediately, you walk right out of there. And what is it? You stop your lying. You stop cheating. You stop stealing. You stop doing things that you oughtn't to do. Why? Because you believe that you are a Christian. And because you believe you're a Christian, you rise up from that you you're to another level. Now, see? Now, if you're sick, here's healing. You just believe it. Now, you can't make yourself believe it. It's got to be something happen to you, just like your conversion. It's got to happen. I tell my wife the other day how much I loved her. So, um, I don't guess she wants me to talk about this, but uh, I do it in private, so I guess I can do it in public uh, right now. I tell her how much I loved her and uh, how I always have loved her since... The first beginning, I said, it don't no make any difference. She said, oh, Bill, she said, how, talk about how fat she's getting her hair turned gray. I said, honey, you could be that wide and no hair. I'd still love you just the same, see, because it has to be something there that you have to, has, you have to meet that you love somebody. And unless that person loves that other person, this is for you young girls that's not married, see, and you boys. When you meet that girl that you love and it's just something you know you love her and that's just all there is to it or you love him and that, you don't care whether he's handsome or whether he's not handsome or whether she's pretty or not pretty. That doesn't matter. But you love him just the same. And you better watch, kind of hold around close there because you're getting close to home there. And I, I, uh, a marriage based outside of that is sure to fall or it'll never be successful and never be happy. Now, I said that to get around to one thing I want to say. Friends, a conversion outside of the same thing won't last either. It won't. When you go to church and, and you say, Well, uh, I'm going to join church and I'm going to be baptized. If that isn't coming from a heart of love to God the honor, it'll never go nowhere. That's all you'll do is join church and be baptized. But when you're converted to Christ, a love to Christ... Then you accumulate a faith in Christ like you would to your wife or to your husband. You accumulate a faith that you walk in that faith. I don't know. You just, something about you, you just got a something that anchors you there, you see. Well, that's the same way it is about Christ. And what Christ says, you believe it and you just stay right with it. And that's where it just raises you right up above it. And God brings it to pass and fulfills his promise. If thou believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thy and thy house shall be saved. So now I just thought I'd say that now. I don't talk up too much of the time of it, 30 minutes to say that, but you know what I mean now. That's what it is. If you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only for salvation, for yourself, for your loved one, for the healing of a, the child, or for a mother, or for anything that you desire that's right, and you know if you desired something that wasn't right, you, you wouldn't have faith enough to ask God in the first place because you know it ain't right. See, if you're sincere and know that it's right, then you can ask God with a clean heart, knowing it's no selfish motive and your objective and your motive is exactly right, then ask God and like a child, believe you get it and you get it. I know that. I've come to Christ when I was about the age of one of these boys here, I guess. I was about 20 years old. And I assert uh, him all this time and I'm 52. It'll be 53 my birthday. And I can sincerely say that I have never asked Christ sincerely for anything. That is, it's now uh, that really sincerely asked him, anything was for right, but what he gave it to me or told me why he couldn't do it. And then later on, I found out it's a good thing I didn't get it. See, but just remember, when you believe on him, have faith in him, and trust him, don't don't try to shove yourself to do it. Just stay with him and reason it out. Like if, you, if I was coming to Brother Welch here to borrow a a thousand dollars, I guess I couldn't get it because he I may mean, not have it. But if he had it, now nah, I could get it. Now, I'd come and try to lay the case down. I'd come and say, Welch, give me a 1000 That's no way to do it. That's the no way to ask God. I'd come up. I'd take to Brother Welch. I'd say, could I speak to you a few minutes, Brother Welch? Sure, Brother Bram. Go over to one side and I'd say, Brother Welch, the first thing I want to ask you, do you have a $1,000 that you could get a hold of for me? Well, he, if he, we, we're friends, or he'd be asking me, or him, or one of you, brethren, It'd be the same, we'd say, Yes, here's why, what I want. I'd lay down and show him, I'd say, Brother Welch, I'm over here in a meeting. I'm absolutely up against it. I got to leave the town and I'm $1,000 in debt. I just got to have the money from somewhere. Now, the Lord put it upon my heart to come to you. And I'd explain to you, now, now, from another meeting that I had at a certain place, I've got $1,000 coming in, which will be about three months from now. I can pay you i pay you interest on it if you want it. Just lay it all down and explain it to him why. I don't want to leave that town like that. It's a bad thing on my name if I do that. And then they're going to say he's nothing but a cheat and a steal. And um, and leaving the town, owing money. See what I mean? I'd explain it to you. Sit down like a brother and talk it over with you. Well, I believe if I do that, and, and you like me as you do, you, you'd do anything. You, you'd pawn an automobile or sell something out of the house to get the money. Now, see, you'd do it. Any of you would, and I would for you. But it would be the, the right thing to do. Just come sit down and talk it over one another. Let let you know, you see. Express our feelings to each other. You're my friend. That's the reason I come to you. Now, that's the same way it is by Christ. See, you're my Lord. I, I'm, I'm sick. I, uh, the doctor says he can't do nothing for me. But, but I know you can because you're my Lord. And... Uh, uh, and just uh, speak it over with him until you feel then that if, if you receive it. And that's your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I, when I feel that way, it's as good as I got it. Sure, I'll go ahead because I got it. See, I done, uh, he's done promised me that I got it. So that, that settles it. Now just keep on holding on, waiting. Finally, first thing you know, here it comes pouring down out of the corners of heaven. And you you got it. But that's it. You see, thy and thy house shall be saved. And if you don't see them all saved before you leave the earth, you'll they'll be there when you get time. When the great coming comes, it'll be there. Now you understand what I means, see? It's by faith we do everything. Believe on the Lord. Believe on the Lord for a job. Believe on the Lord to hunt. Oh, the, give you the wife that you should have. Believe on the Lord to give you the husband you should marry. Believe on the Lord to send you some new furniture or, or the if the barrel goes empty and the cruise gets dry and there's no food and the children are hungry, believe on the Lord. Believe on the Lord for anything. See, as long as it's right, just believe on the Lord and I shall. See, it shall come. I've never seen it fail in all my life. God bless you. How about you reading some of them questions for me? Could you read them for me? Uh, I hope I get these right. I don't want to keep you too long now. About, maybe about ten minutes. And, and, and um, give him Jimmy a little time to study him over there and see if I... And uh, they're going to ask me right blank, right out, so if I can't say them, well, you'll understand. But you understand what I mean now? to believe? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thy and thy house shall be saved. Believe for yourself and believe for your house, and you shall have it. Say, uh, well, the doctor said I can't get well. Well, if thou can believe on the Lord, you can get well. Well, I'm out of work. But if you believe on the Lord, see, and uh, uh, you shall have work. And uh, I don't know what to do about this situation. Believe on the Lord. Look where it sets with me right now and why there. I've always thought the Lord wanted me to leave Jeffersonville. Now it's got to a spot that I just had to commit myself to him. So here I am. He knows where I'm at right here tonight. So where he wants me to go, I'll go. You know, he wants me to do I'll do it. And I'll be right along till he tells me, you see. All right, Jimmy, have you got him, my boy?
1: takes
0: place when all believers' family, wives, and children go. They are in faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes. Yes. Well, all the family go in the, in the rapture. See? Yes. See? Now, if you notice, the rapture is going to be a universal thing. And uh, how, did you all get that lesson all right, Sunday? You all understand it all right about how close we are at the time, the 70 weeks of Daniel? You all were there Sunday, wasn't you? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think, Brother Welch, you got the tape of it, and some of you could play it, and, and you got the map of it, I believe, haven't you? And you just draw it out, and, and uh, to them it wasn't here, and maybe explain it to them, you see, so they, they can get it. I want you to see just by the Scriptures. that I have got one word to say into it. The Scriptures just prove it. That we're we're at the end time. Now, I uh, was talking today to the brethren. You say, well, Brother Bram, if you believe at the rapture is that close then why do you go fishing if i put my mind to it constantly it would almost run you wild when you think of the tens of thousands of people out here in sin that don't know christ and i think here i am, what can i do but here's what i think i cannot save one unless god called him. see i can't do it and i couldn't save them anyhow but all the Father has given me will come to me. So if he don't tell me where to go, then what can I do? See? So the thing I do just not be not be all weary about it. That'd be worse than ever. I'm happy about it. I'm just just all packed up and ready, you know, when it comes, Lord, here I am. <laughs> I'm just waiting. And now here's what happens. The the raptured saints, as you notice on the chart Sunday, now, the early Pentecostal brethren, or the late Pentecostal brethren, don't give that those back churches room enough there, I don't believe. But I believe that every born-again Christian, and how are we born again? When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, see? And except, now, I don't believe just because you say in your mind you believe, I believe your life tells whether you're really a Christian or not. Uh, you say, what uh, 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 today uh, the lady down there said something about being a, a Christian, or something, and she said, and what denomination? See, right quick, they want to know what denomination. I said, don't belong to any denomination, just a Christian. See, a Christian, you say, well, a Christian means a Camelite. No, that's, that they just call them Christian, but that don't mean Christian. I know of many people that I think belong to what was called the Christian church that wasn't Christians. And the Christian ministers will tell you the same thing of the Christian church, and they got many members that are not Christians. But Christian is not a church that you belong to, it's an experience that you have had of being born into the family of God. Now, notice in that the rapture will be universal because he said there will be two in the field and I'll take one and leave one. There'll be two in the bed, I'll take one and leave one. You see, when it's dark on one side of the earth, whereas two is in the bed, it'll be harvest time on the other side of the earth when there'll be two in the field, see? It shows it'll come one great big rapture. It'll come right out from the world, see? Two in the field, and I'll take one and leave one. Two in bed, I'll take one and leave one. Now we, um, we see that, and then everyone that was found written in the book was delivered in that day of that, before that tribulation. So if your children, your mother, your loved ones, whoever they are, if their name is written on the Lamb's book of life, my precious children, You'll be right there. No matter where we're at, if, uh, if I'm flying overseas and the, the airplane explodes in the air and I, you never even find a piece of me in, in, in this body, that won't have one thing to do with it. See, I'll be right there just the same. Don't you worry about that. I'll be right there to shake your hand and, and praise the Lord with you. and Crown him King of King and Lord of Lords. See, I suppose maybe if Paul's body, there isn't even a speck of dust left Harley. But all the materials that made his body up is somewhere. So they'll be gathered together at that day. When you die, you actually do not die. A Christian cannot die. There's no such a thing as death for a Christian. Not in the Bible. Like when Lazarus, they said, they said, uh, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, Jesus said. See, he never said he was dead. He said he sleepeth. They said, oh, well, if he's sleeping, uh, I suppose he's doing all right. Then he must be getting along better. So he had to talk their language. He said, now, nah, otherwise, in your own language, he's dead. And I'm glad for your sake that he wasn't there. I'll go and awaken uh, him. See? Oh, yes. See? Sleep. sleeps. He still had his own. See? For your sake, for your way and on it, he's dead. But to me, he's asleep, and I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to raise him up. I'm just going to wake him. And I'm going to wake him up. And um, so uh, uh, you, you notice when Jesus himself died... See the three parts of the body. So, uh, for three parts of us: soul, body, and spirit. As you see in the seven churches, I had to draw it out. Five entrances to the body: see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, and conscience, and so forth. To the soul, and uh, and then to the spirit. There's one avenue. That's um, uh, your own free moral agency. That's make a decision. You see, you can turn it down, or or you can accept it. And um, so now, one. Um, A person accepts Christ and is saved. Your whole household, your whole family, every family of the earth will be saved. Now, when or go in. When Christ died, he committed his spirit to God before he left the, the cross. He said, "Into thy hands I command my spirit." And the Bible said his soul went to hell, and preached. That's his conscience and what he was. The spirit was in prison, and his body went to the grave. Now, see, he was behind a barricade of scriptures, he couldn't rise for three days. And his spirit was back up here in the presence of God. Now, after three days, that barricade was taken down because the scriptures fulfilled. And his spirit went to the soul and the soul went to the body. He rose up. He said, before he died, he said, I have power to lay my life down. I have power to take it up again. Now, think of it. Every one of you in here, as far as I know tonight's Christians. Now, look, the thing that's in you now the spirit that's in you now is the same spirit that will raise you up. You have power to lay your life down. You're doing it right now for Christ. And then you have power to take it up again. You have power to lay it down power to take it up. For it's the very spirit of God that's in you that raises you up. It's the very spirit of God that was in Christ that raised him up. So you have power to lay it down. You have power to take it up. And when you die, or and you, our loved ones, or somebody goes on ahead of us, they're not dead. They're spirits with God. Their souls are under the altar of God. Their bodies in the grave, and they know right where it's at. So what happens when the scriptures all fulfilled? Like in the Bible, it said these souls are in the altars crying, "Lord, how long? How long?" They want to come back to earth and be in bodies. He said, "Just a little longer to your fellow servants that suffered like you have for the testimony of Christ." Then you see when that scripture is fulfilled. Then them spirits descend right straight under the altar there and take up that soul. That soul goes right down and picks up the body, and there you are, raised again. Think of it. The Holy Spirit that's right in this building tonight, the Holy Spirit that's right here in my heart, will raise me up at the last day. This Holy Spirit that's in me now will see to it that I have a young, immortal body. And never go This a Holy Spirit that's in you. We'll see that the gray hairs will fade away and whatever it is. And in the old age, if you're so old and whispers down and walking like that, don't make one bit of difference. That same Holy Spirit is going smack you right back at that day, just a young man, woman. That's the, Bible. Yeah. the Spirit that's in us right now. right now. Not one that will come, the one that's in us now. It's God in you now. And he will raise, you can raise yourself up why can't you do it now? Because, see, the scripture holding you, you've got to wait for the rapture. Amen. See, there you You've got to stay right there. See, you're not allowed to get this high. If it would be, well, I said we'd build us a little private world. You'd be living over one world me on another, the and then there would be no coming of the Lord Jesus, and what would it be? See, but you have power to do it. Just at least a little shadow of, of God could do anything. Because, see, he, He's omnipotent. You know what? Omnipotent is uh, uh, infinite. Infinite. Infinite omnipotent. That's... Uh, infinite is just no... Well, you just can't explain it, you know. Infinite is, just, is like on a camera infinite. It's just from there on. And then... Uh, uh, omnipotent is all-powerful. Is all... Uh, stand out here and look through a glass and I can see 120 million years of light space. When that... When that uh, Astronomer, take me up to look. Let me look through that big glass that night. Could see 120 million years of light space. Well, you talk about Jupiter and Mars and these stars that you see now. Well, my, think what 100 light travels about. What is it? 80, 186,000 miles per second. 186,000 miles per second, and take 120 million years. By one second, 186,000, and break it down to 120 million years. And then what do you got? That's miles. <laughs> oh, my. It just makes us feel like you're. <laughs> See? But now, and then beyond that, there's just as many moon and stars as there And he holds them with the power of his own word. And that very same thing that holds them is in you as a Christian. Oh, my. See? See? There you are. So that's who you are. See, people try to think, well, I'm a Christian. I guess I have to be dog around. No, you don't. Amen. You're a Christian, brother. That's a higher Son of God. Our Father's King. Amen. Certainly. Amen. And our Father being King, we're, we're His sons. We're Prince and Princess. Amen. To a King. See? The highest there is, highest can be. The very Spirit of our God is in us. That's it. Amen. So what do we care about what happens here? See, there's the place that counts. This is just a testing time. Amen. The Father's finished. Let's go. Let's yeah. go home. See? So what difference does it make? So then, in that, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if your children isn't saved until they get saved. And Jesus said, now remember, St. John 5, 24, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come to the judgment Then if you don't come to the judgment, where does he go? In the rapture. Amen. Because mm-hmm. that's the judgment after the rapture, see. Shall not come into the judgment, but has passed from death unto life because he's believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, yeah. So they, your children will be there with you, your loved ones will be there with you, and I hope I'm there with you. <laughs> Amen. All right, have you got another one there, Jimmy Boyd?
1: We understand uh, the world was made by faith. Will you please explain
0: a, a, a world was fashioned. Now, over in Hebrews, we find out that we understand that the world was made by uh, by things which do not appear. Now, I, I'll try to be quick because I didn't notice all them little, uh, all them questions there. Now, let's just take go back on a little trip, and uh, and uh, it's already ten. And I told mommy I'd be ready to go for ten. Are you are you too sleepy to wait just for a minute or two? Tired? Well, look. Before there was anything. Let's see, before there was a light, before there was a world, before there was a star, before there was an atom, before there was a molecule, there was God. Who is this person God? Is he air? Is he light? Is he? He's God. That's just all you can say. See? Just think, a molecule is, in one little atom, there's so many molecules. See? And then beyond a the molecule, before there's even one of them, there was still God. He was all, filled everything. See? See? Now, in this God, and we're going to, we're going to make it a little, a little form, so you see now, inside of this, this person God, inside of, of this person, was a, there was a attributes, and them attributes was to be Father, was to be a healer, was to be a Savior. That's what was in this great person now, that was before a molecule or anything, when there was no molecules, but it's still God. Now, in there was attributes to be Father, to be a Son to be a savior, to be a healer, to be all those things. Now, this person that has this, now, if this person God, now what he did, the first thing let's say he made it, as far as we know, as small as we can break down, was a molecule. Now, if he made a molecule, he made a hundred billions of them in a second. Just, what did he do? He spoke it into existence. And now, you, here will be a good lesson right here if we just had time to go into it, see. Now, he spoke it. And when he said, so, molecules went to turn. Then he said, let there be atoms. And there are atoms, laws. And they still stay in that law. The trails still traveling. Everything travels in God's laws. Like the man I was telling you about the old fellow, Brother Banks Woods and I went out in New York talked about that. I asked him, he's the infidel. And I asked him, how does that sap leave the tree in August and go down in the roots? What makes it do it? He, what makes the leaves turn brown? He said, because the sap leaves. What? Why does the sap go down? He said, well, it's just, uh, it goes down. I said, what if it don't go down? He said, the tree will die. I said, well, what intelligence makes that sap go down in the roots? Put a bucket of water on the porch and see if it will go down in August. <laughs> see? I said, what intelligence makes that sap leave the tree and go down into the roots? Something tells it to get down there or it will it, freeze and die. A tree will die. Yeah. See, we ain't had no cold weather or nothing yet. But it, he said, well, it, it's just the nature. Well, well, what is nature? Tell me what nature is. See, nature is a law of God. Amen. See, it's a law of God. Now, faith is a law of God. See, the same thing. All this power of God that we're talking about is accessible to us by faith. All things are possible. Say this mountain be moved and don't doubt In your heart. Believe what you said come to pass. You can have it. Accessible. If you've got the law, there it is. See, the law is faith that controls all things. Now, God, by His law, made molecules. That's the law of God. Then God made atoms. Then from that, God made a sun. From that, out of the sun made uh, stars. Out of the star- that's little pieces of sun flying off. What did He have way back there? Is His attributes displaying themselves. Then come a world. And after the world, come a creation. And after creation, come a law to creation. After there's a world, what makes this world? How can anybody explain it? Turn a ball any way you want to. Throw it in the air. It won't make two turns. and making make a billion turns per second. It'll not make two turns in the same place. And yet we got record of 6,000 years. This world has never missed a time turning 24 hours. Just exactly. Standing in the See? What is that? This great person before there was a world. Before there was a world. That's that great person in there. A law of God making a turn. The same law of God. He just spoken into existence he's a creator he creates see and that's why that the world was made without by faith god made the world because his own faith see made the world and that's how now he see he come down making man and all animals till he come down to sin but he could not make sin because he cannot be righteous and the father of righteousness and make sin so you know what he done he made man in his own image, and knowing it, he would fall, but put him on a basis of free moral agency. He said, I don't touch this tree. Now, he couldn't say, he knew he was going to touch it, but he couldn't tell him to touch it, because he said, touch this tree, you live, touch this tree, and you die, see? And he knew man would fail, but yet he couldn't make him fail. He had to do it on himself, so that makes God righteous. to see, man fail himself, as he made him close to himself. He's. Put him on the basis of free moral agency, and therefore, that's where he fell. By his own free moral agent act, he fell. And today, each one of you children, and each of us adults, is placed for them same two trees. We can accept life or refuse it. See? So God just spoke it into existence, and the world was framed. This very floor is God's Word. This thing here is God's Word. Our bodies are God's Word, and everything there is is God's Word. See, because it all originated from God. Yeah, yeah. All right, sir. Uh, now, if that isn't right, if that don't clear it up, why uh, you you can write me a note, bring it here, all right, uh, brother Jimmy.
1: First Corinthians sixteen
0: twenty two. Explain. See, First Corinthians sixteen twenty two. All right, sir. Just a minute. These um, these little uh, these little studies um. And the scriptures really could help us. It could, it can strengthen you and make you, make you strong, mighty man. Sixteen, you said, son. That's in the. Oh my goodness! I can only work to pronounce that name out: A N A T H E M A M A R A M A T H A. Somebody got another Bible. See what it's broke down. That's... and uh, what's say? sounds like that would be what is it Fred get the, get another somebody got another bible see if it's in there yeah, anathema. anathema well what is an anathema now you got me you know Fred anybody any of you all know what anathema is got a dictionary we can find it just a minute get a dictionary Alright, while he's getting that one, maybe I can answer another. Alright, sir. Explain. I beheld
1: Satan
0: and I beheld Satan falling from heaven like lightning. Over Luke, is what it gives scripture there. Just, well I suppose that's what it is. I beheld Satan falling from heaven like lightning. Now that one uh, I'll kind of outline this if it doesn't do it then you, you just let me know and I'll go into detail. Do you remember we'll, we'll get that when we come into further on into the scriptures on our study and uh, you know Jesus that was immediately after that uh, Jesus gave his disciples power against unclean spirits and they went out casting out devils sent them two by two and he said don't go to the Gentiles but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel and as you go preach then it came to heaven and healed the sick and cast out devils and so forth well then and then they come back rejoicing happily now you ask the question knows oh, that's where it's at see come back happily rejoicing and he said and he said rejoice not that you're Names, uh, rejoice not because devils this subject unto you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He said, I beheld Satan falling from heaven like lightning. See the power of that church moving forward had just upset the whole kingdom of Satan. You see, and he saw him as he dropped from his places because God had again give power to His church to go to it. He beheld him falling like lightning yeah. from heaven. His cast plumb out of the holy places and everything. You see by the power, uh, that, uh, power of that church, of them having power. Jesus said, I give you power over unclean spirits. Mm-hmm. See? And they really upset the kingdom of Satan. What could we do with it today? Oh, praise the Lord. All right, Brother Jimmy, maybe you got another...
1: Flame blood into the horses.
0: Bridele- Bridal bits. Armageddon. In Revelation. in Revelation. Now, in the last days... We come to a place when Titus in AD had taken the walls of Jerusalem and tore down the uh, walls of Jerusalem. They claimed that there was so much blood spelt among that right at a million or more Jews It was inside of the walls until they killed even women, babies. Well, it's so bad till they they'd rejected the Holy Spirit. See, now God, when, he, when they rejected Christ and called him a Beelzebub, he said, I forgive you for that. See, I forgive you. But said, someday the Holy Spirit's coming to do the same thing that he was doing. Said, one word against that won't be forgiven. Well, what they do on the day of Pentecost? they seen those people screaming and dancing and acting like they were drunk and screaming and shouting and going on. what they say? They said they're full of wine. They're drunkards and all like could acts 2. And they made fun of them and called them everything. What happened? It sealed them outside the kingdom of God. See? And then when that siege of Jerusalem came, now we go get that in Revelation 7. We'll come right back to it. Everybody asks a question. we we'll come right back to it. And then, um, and when the, Titus taking the walls of history says, on oh, oh, Josephus, the early historian who walked the days of our Lord Jesus, and he was a great historian, he said that even that the blood flowed just gushed out from the gates, like that. they killed so many of them in there at one time when they went in. Now the Bible predicts that in the last days that he'll trap Catholicism, Romanism, and all those things, and them communism, and all of together in the valleys of Midian there, until there'll be such a slaughter amongst them, until the blood'll flow to a horse's bit, horse's bridle. See, that's in revelation. That'll be in. But thanks be to the Heavenly Father, I don't think we'll be here, but His grace we won't. We'll be in glory then. See, that'll be right after the the, uh, the uh, two prophets is prophesied in the battle of Armageddon. That's when these, when these Gentile nations get so wicked, just keep on and the confederation of churches and all this come together, and God will take the church, the elect church home out of everyone, and all the sleeping virgins will be, wait, now that bridle's bit there will come out from the sleeping virgins and all them back in that. Day. In communism, when they're all meet there, and God said He'd plead with them like it is in the, the days gone by, you know, there in that valley, and that's where it'll ride to the bridle bits of the horses. Um, did you ever get that word? Did you, or there's still? Or, go ahead, sorry. three unclean spirits. It come out. Uh, Revelation it's come out of the mouth of the false prophet and the dragon and so forth. Now, we're going to get that in our study. Now, see, the three unclean spirits the three isms. Let me type it for you now. And you'll see where, where it started, where it began. See, there was communism, fascism, Nazism. They were spirits. Communism is a spirit. It gets on you. See, it's a spirit. And that it'll be something like that only I'd uh, it, it that really isn't it, but it'll be three spirits just like that, which they was kind of a forerunner of. But of course, you know where it's in Catholicism, you see. But I, I want to get a few things on that straight before I say it, you see, to be sure that no one. But it is three spirits, just like communism, fascism, and when we brought that out years ago. You know, remember I told you I said it would be a, it would be a, a, a thing would take place, would be all wind up in. Communism, And that's where it's done. That's the same way it'll be at that time. See, it'll be the three unclean spirits that'll go forth. It'll, uh, I really, truly believe right now. Just uh, kind of outline it, if you don't mind. And if I, if I add a little more to it when I go to explain it, well, you say you didn't explain it altogether down there that night. See, if I do that. Here's what I think it be. I believe it's the Spirit, the Sleeping Virgin, Confederation of Church, Judaism on the rejecting of Christ, the Jews that rejected, it, and Catholicism, because you see where it come out of it? it come out of the false prophet. See, out of the mouth of the false prophet, which was the popery, the matter of the beast. See, and all that, where it come out of, you can see the backgrounds where it is, and that's the three unclean spirits that sets the whole world to Armageddon. See. And that's them three unclean spirits. And you get that right in with the three woes. You remember the other day I was brought in, I said, be seven lice, plagues, seven seals, and three woes, and two un- three unclean spirits. And that, that comes through that. Okay, we got another one have you? said, what significance
1: does the Euphrates Ufric- River have, through the Bible, spiritually?
0: Yeah, the Euphrates River, it's always been a great river because the Euphrates River has a great place in the Bible. The first place we find that it run right through Eden. Euphrates River did. The Bible says it come right through Eden. The next thing we find out, the Euphrates River also was a river that come right straight down through Babylon. Same river the Euphrates River come right through Babylon now we find out that the angel poured out his vial upon the Euphrates River and dried up that the king of the north might come down and um, I think what that will actually be will be at the end time when they come into Armageddon see they have to come right down through Egypt there to get into it and right down through them countries they'll have to cross the Euphrates to get in there see the Euphrates River runs today we we know that you see and uh, And the Amazon, uh, South America, and the the, uh, Nile in Egypt, and the Euphrates, and the uh, what is that? There's two rivers there, and and, uh, headed up there at the head of Eden, and uh, the Euphrates River is when this great made uh, way for it to come down. See, making way for the king of the north to come down. The kings that'll be that'll take place during the time of the Battle of Armageddon in the last days. You see that Euphrates River. Was that all of them? That was all of them. Now um. Uh, just in my mind, seeing about that uh, what this person is, if they reject christ it's just uh you might look it up for your own self in a, in a, in the dictionary because it's not something it, uh, it would, uh, I wouldn't speak it out right out here now, but you look it up and you see what it means and you just in other words there's two or three places in the scripture I can refer to you things like that like in other words um like uh, King Nebuchadnezzar said, any man that wouldn't, wouldn't bow down to this so-and-so and Daniel's God and everything, let his house be taken away, his children burned, his house made a dunghill, see? And um, we realize what those words are. They're just brought out and said like that. But uh, if you just look back in the dictionary, it'll, it'll tell you just what it is to see what that is. Well, um, these little things are enlightening, and I, I, I didn't put as much on them if a, as I should have stood and put, because, you see, it's, a, it's a, everybody, y'all working tomorrow, and I'm going, to, the Lord willing, to Miami, and uh, it's a quarter after ten, and I don't want to hold you too long, and I think my young'uns are asleep, and I guess yours is too, and so the, there we are, and, and uh, uh, little fellas get sleepy quick. But I want to uh, say that them was real, real nice questions, everyone. I'm real good. And I wish if I have a, another question night or something other at the tabernacle that you all, if I mentioned that morning, you'd give them questions over to me so I could, uh, could get a little time to study. You know what, just offhand, then you, you start talking. And I'm a great person to take too much time on anything. And uh, you notice uh, my technique in preaching. That's the reason I keep there all day. You see, you nearly know, just preach too long. But uh, did you notice Billy Graham? Now, Billy Graham's a trained preacher, and he's a great man. And uh, Billy Graham, he'll set his text right there. He'll back off out of your and just keep hammering to that text just constantly all the time. He'll never let his voice drop hardly. Just keep hammering into that text. See, that's the way the Holy Spirit has him preaching. See, That's his technique of doing it. That's the way he does it. Charles Fuller, many of you have heard him. He's a wonderful old man. And um, so Charlie Fuller is a, like a Bible expositor. He's a, he likes to, to teach and to uh, you know, how he goes about things. You know, and everything is, lays it in Christ. And a great old teacher, you notice know, what he does. He doesn't preach. He just teaches it. Well, now, if you notice the little simple way that I have it, I set a text out here. Whatever my text is, I go way back out here and get my context. I bring it over here and lay it right in line with my text and then go back over here and get something else. Bring it over here and lay it down over here, and go back over here and get something else until I get it all down here to write and then drive it home on to Texas all at one time. The reason I used to have these little old sermons I used to try to preach, of course, you've been around me long enough, I'm not a preacher, but, uh, like a, believe a style of this, speak to the rock, come to see a woman, and all I like that, you know, just little three words, just, i uh, build it all around about the woman at the well and what it was, and hit right down at the last, and see, come see a man, come see a man, and speak to the rock, I take Israel and bring him out, and see, get my context, and put it over here in line with my text. Never hit my text yet. And um, you know, what' so a while ago. and explain, explain that this while ago, same thing on that Roman there, see, uh, saying, uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. See, that's the question, being saved. See, I went back and got what all that was and pulled it out and went back and got Job and all of them, pulled it over here in the road and then drive it down. That's what it is. It's faith, you see. Job used faith. The Roman used faith. We're better to use faith and everything. Yeah. See, just... And I think that way, if I am doing it uh, to my way, if I can get the people interested enough to listen to what you're trying to build to, then save your main texture for the last part and then drive it in there and say... All oh, the rest of it opens up because you see, you see it. See, you just you reach over here and got a loose line and pull this one in. And the uh, trouble of it is, I leave too many loose lines. <laughs> that I don't get it. Well, it's really been nice if you all come down here and sit and talk with us and everything. And I appreciate it. And I want to say again with all my heart, I mean this with all I mean. I never realized what a great thing you people are paying. Uh, I just, if it wasn't for seeing you and wasn't for loving you and the things that I do, I'd say, I ain't going to preach that tabernacle another time (laughs) to see y'all have to drive 1,500, 1,800 miles a trip to go and hear a service. Now, I appreciate that great loyalty, but yet I think of what you're doing. See, Mm. And I, I just trust to God that every one of you in the land beyond the river you and your children your little ones and all and i'll i'll see you over there i hope i'll be there i'm trusting i'll be there i'll see every one of you may may not one of your children be lost not one of you lost may we all be there at that day and and even to our little sister out there, the little, little colored lady out there washing the dishes out there in, in, in the other room. I, I remember down here one day talking to woman, I believe, is that the same woman? And her husband, I believe, I met, met him over there one time. And I said, boy, it works for you. seem to be a fine little old guy. I, I just hope we'll all meet there where we, uh, there will be no disappointments. No more setting up late at night because there'll be no night. Oh, my brother, sister, if I could just, if I could just anyway explain what it was that morning when I was laying there beside my little wife there and he lifted me up from that bed and tucked me up there and let me look past the curtain. If I could only just have the power now to explain to you what that looked like and what it was. I seen him all there. And they were all young, and I, I couldn't recognize them. See, they was all coming up to me and putting their arms around me and everything, and they were, they were human beings. See, there wasn't some kind of a feathers like a, they say an angel. I don't think an angel has feathers, although they just, they just say that, you see, but an angel's a messenger. The word means a messenger. So I don't think they have feathers and things like that, but it's just uh, they were all there, and they were all happy, and they were, no, could not be nothing else but happy. If there was no more than that, I would it would pay us for all the running and things we do and and all like that. But I want you, to, I want to say this that I believed too, that the Bible said in the last days there come a famine in the land, and that famine won't be for bread and water, but for hearing the true word of God, and people would run from east, from west, from north and south, seeking to hear the word of God, and we're just about living in that day now. See, when. Not disregarding anybody, you see. Not disregarding our churches, no, sir. But if you know, I believe that in the pulpits of many of these churches, we have fine man, good man, real man of God. But they're afraid if they say anything that's contrary to what that organization says, then they'll be kicked out and they're left in a cold. And I believe what the man needs is some courage. And I believe it. Well, I believe God wants to take somebody and make an example to show that He'll take care of them regardless of their organization. So that's what I'm hope He'll do with me <laughs> to help me to let me. And if I and listen, Christians, if ever one time I, I, I charge you before God and the and the elect angels that you, do, if any time that you see that I'm doing something wrong, won't you please come tell me? 'Cause I, I I love you too well to miss you over there and I know you're going. So I you come tell me. If you see me in the wrong anytime something that I do that's not right, something to put a stumbling block in your way. Now a lot of times I get around here and laugh and cut up and say things. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to let off some of that wound up feeling in me, you see. Just it isn't that I want to do that. See. It isn't I want to even laugh or and come down here and get with Brother Welch so I can hear him tell a little something about uh all the a little boy, a colored boy out there and he caught a fish and the warden caught him and He said he's catching turtle baits and, and like uh, something you know on that order. And the little when that little preacher told me I was telling them the little girls today about the little poodle dog being fifi and Fifi, you see and and um uh, like what am I doing that for? To to laugh, make myself laugh. To to bring myself down. When you step above this mortal rim up into them rims there. It it's it keeps you in a twist, you know what I mean. And then this thing, here it is, this thing. With this ministry, you remember what I'm going to have to answer for? Not just for Tifton, Georgia. Not for Indiana. Not for the United States. But I got to answer before the world. For a worldwide ministry, see? I got to answer to the heathens. I got to answer to God for the heathens, rather, see? And when I get sitting at home think, well, I believe, I believe, I believe... Uh, like the other day up there, and I get so wound up and I said, I, I'm going on to have another meeting. And I go on to have another meeting. And the first thing you know, I'm so wound up. Uh, I, I got to go hunting. I got to go fishing. I got to get out with somebody. I, I got to do something because I'm just a man, just a human being. You see, and that, that's what you understand that. But if you ever think I get anywhere out of the way with it, you come tell me. I'll stop it, boy, like a clam no matter what happens because I I want you to understand I have no secrets. Everything that I know you know too. See? All that the Lord has shown me that He will permit me to tell, I've told it. And I hold nothing back and and my life is open. You, You know what I am and what I'm made out of and I'm just Try to live every day the same as far as I can. Of course, a lot of times you see me when I'm moody and I feel bad and tired and weary or something like that. Of course, I, that goes along with the ministry. You know, you realize that if you look back through the pages of time, you'll see that man that way did that way. We all get those. But the thing of it is, we want to understand one another. I realize that you have your ups and downs too. I'm not the only one who has them. You have them. And when you're having yours, I'll try to understand when I'm having mine. You try to understand, and um, when I'm overseas somewhere, or way out in a meeting somewhere, and uh, devils are everywhere piling up and challenging me and everything else. Why, well, y'all remember? Just pray for me. Will you do that? Mm-hmm. Can we have a little word to Him now, Heavenly Father? It's been glorious to stand here and talk to this uh, bunch of blood-washed children. I realize tonight I'm standing just like St Paul stood many years ago, little house meetings where they come and Paul come over to Quilla and Priscilla's and and how they must have had gathered the people in and he went to Rome and had a house rented and he received those that come in and here tonight the people from it comes to the tabernacle and and uh, the people it's Drives all these miles that I've just been trying to uh, tell them how much I appreciate it. Lord, I don't have words even that I can tell them with how much I appreciate them. But, Father, I pray that you'll let them know in their hearts what I mean. Dear God, please, I pray that you'll answer my prayer for them. Save them, everyone, Lord. May there not be one of them lost or any of their families lost. May everyone be there. I pray for their little ones. I think of this little boy laying here in his daddy's lap, his mommy sitting watching, and think of the days it is to come. If there is a tomorrow, how do I know that same little boy won't pack the gospel? God, I pray that you bless the little lad, all the others, the little girls and boys, and be with them all. Be with brother and sister Evans has opened up their house, house of prayer. Be with us now and forgive us of our sins. And to God, if they ever get sick and they have to call, God, let me live such a life that they'll believe that you'll hear me. And then hear me when I pray for them, Lord. Grant it. And hear when they're praying for me. Because I need their prayers, Father. And every time they're praying for me, won't you hear, Lord? When I'm praying for them, hear, Lord. And together we'll serve you all of our lives. And in that great day, we hope to come up to your house someday. And when we knock at the door, won't you let us in, Father? Until that time, watch over us and bless us and keep us ever true. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, folks. And I'm sorry you kept me here until
1: so, almost 10.30. This little lad laying here sleeping like a little trooper. How is it? Are yeah. you just right. telling where to shut your hand
0: when come coming or not? Well, I've seen you, Brother Willie. Really. Brother, you should be leaving out in the morning. You yeah. yeah. go to yeah. your house. You take my, my yeah. alligator, right?
1: Yep, Lord bless you, you brother Scott. Sure. Nice seeing you again, you know, brother. I believe I've seen you before somewhere. I? I thought I had your face from here.
0: Brother Wayne, Lord bless you. And I still think I ought to fill up your tank with gas. We are coming oh, sure. down 80 miles to bring as to as Bless you, son. Bless you, sister. And all my keys and all Miss You know that, don't you? God bless you, sister Evans. That's really nice breakfast and supper in here. Find hospitality. Remember Jesus said this in so much as you have done it unto the least. Now here it says in so much as you have done unto the greatest. See. So that might be somebody else. But well, in so much I'm as you have done unto the great. least. <laughs> <laughs> that be me. So you have done it to me.
1: Nice seeing you again Jesus. God ever knew
0: Oh my. How could you say it wasn't your mother. It looks so much alike. Nice getting to see you. Jesus. I believe you are the wife of the this young fellow there. And uh, your brother Scott, are you all sisters? <laughs> well, I hope you were sisters, I sure did. Nice to see you again. Keep up a good courage, my brother. And uh, hey, maybe this is a uh, new or I didn't notice this girl here. That's my niece, my sister's daughter. Oh, well, I'm glad to meet you, sister. The Lord bless you. Nice seeing you, sister. And uh, you'll be good for something. <laughs> Brother Evan, God be with you, boys. I hope you get our at and get going. God bless you, my brother. And um, I tell you, before we go, let's just stand up to our feet and sing a little song. Sing a little verse with me, like that. Is it all right? Like sure. Sure.
1: God be with you till we meet again. Bye. I'm
0: Other's hands like this, we sing this little hymn, make a little circle, see, together that's the way, you see, we just got to
1: contact with each other that way, you Let's sing this, you know song? Blessed be the power that Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine
0: is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
1: Amen.
0: God bless you each one. So we meet again. Brother, what do you mean you got all that on tape down there? Mm -hmm. Well, I wish you all come go to Florida with us. Lord willing, uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to take the kitties out to see there they didn't get to finish their vacation. Their grandmother had a heart attack and we had to come back. So therefore I'm taking them out to kind of finish their vacation because they got to start in school again right away. So I'll uh, take them somewhere tomorrow, maybe down at St. Petersburg or yeah. somewhere I got to get back maybe before Sunday.
1: They've got some of them stalks down there, I think,
0: you know, in the museum, you know. talking about yes. Like well, i like to go right. I haven't been in the museum now. That's at uh, what was it? Ripley's. Ripley's Museum. Oh, yeah. and that's at St. Peter's. Oh, uh, St. Augustine's. Yeah, I mean it's St. Augustine's. day. Yeah, I go over here. This is Jacksonville's where I go first, isn't it? You're back to Yeah, back. As I get this thing <laughs> turned around. Back this way to Jacksonville. And then I go out through La Crosse, just saying out through that way.
1: Uh, through which way west, cross. Way way cross,
0: cross yeah. uh, that made the think you asked, uh, Mr. Matthew just turned around. Uh, which way is the tabernacle facing? The tabernacle faces east and west. You I when you're coming in from the, the front, you know, where H Street runs up this way, you're going right east down. See, and then the, the uh, then if you step, and when I'm preaching, I'm preaching towards the west. And then i do that so the altar would be to the east because jesus is coming from the east and then that uh that lets me uh, uh the altar we bow always to the east see uh, usually i don't know it's just what i always did i've seen the bible they usually back there daniel said he went and pulled up the windows you know and everything like that and prayed it to, to the east and and uh so uh and i noticed in the old mosaic temple i think faced the east the altar did so, of course, God will hear you wherever you are, you see, regardless. I just never get direction straight. Yes. Sir. When I I have seen a time when I'm prayed up and everything, I I just don't I just don't get turned around. See, I just come around. But now, if I'm not watching and anything like that, and just go down and jump at it. I just, there's two, one place that I know of, but I can never get straightened out. Uh, and yet I know where it's at, and that's down at Grandma's <coughs> boxes. I can go down there, and I just can't get that straightened. Just go be something looking to me like happened there someday. I go right here at this gate, and it's just as due south as it can be. Turning to my right, but it isn't. See, it isn't. It's vice versa. See, and uh, I, I just, and if I get into woods now, like I get lost or something, or other, and then if I, if I turn around, now if I get all excited, well, I, I can't do it. See, but if you just stand still a few minutes and say, Heavenly Father, help me, and Brother, I can just direct that to you. That's <laughs> right. One time I come out, of, Brother Woods and Sister Woods is coming out of Chattanooga, and Brother Woods was driving on, I guess that's 41, is yeah. going back. So I I was so tired, oh, I was so tired, and I had to lay down back after the service and lay down back there and went to sleep back in the car. I woke up I raised up, and I said, Fall, you couldn't hardly see your hand before you. Did. And I said, hey, Brother Woods, you're going wrong. He said, "Said just come out of that meeting." And he said, him, "He said, oh no!'" So I'm going. I said, "I'm going 41." I said, "But you're you're going south." I said, now, "How can you tell my father like this? He can't even see the Lord. I said, "But you're, you're I can tell right now that you're going you're you're going south." He said, "No, no, it's 41." I said, "But it's wrong." Well, we drove on a little piece, and he kept arguing it is right. So I said, "I'm staying right on 41, going to Memphis." And I said, uh, uh, "You just watch." And we pulled in filling station. And I said, uh, uh, how far is it to Memphis? He said, you have to turn around, boy, you're in Georgia. So they go right. Where <laughs> 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 go right? Uh, I was the Philadelphia. Uh, I thought I was yes, like, the turn
1: around
0: Yes, sir. But okay, so. well, if you don't notice, I remember one time I was lost up in the mountains and that's when I, I thought I was too good a there to be lost but I really got lost and uh, my wife was with me and Billy Paul's little baby and they, I left him and I went, I went to hunt a bear. See, I was hunting a bear and I... I run into a big buck deer across there. I shot this buck. And I thought, Well, I'd better get back. And I know I'd come down, I was up in the Adirondack. I went up the mountain like this and I, something cross the road is a is a mountain line and he just lady deer is back and just before he uh, I got my gun up quick enough to shoot, he got away, see. And a never been in the woods in her life, see. And um well it was on that uh, honeymoon time, see. And I worked a good one there. At the same time I got married, then I could you know, take on a honeymoon and go hunting the same time. And so, so I thought, well, now, now, how did I go? I, and I come up this way and turned down and went over and hit a ledge and went out through a little pocket. Now, I noticed it was down towards a giant somewhere, towards the Canadian side, but uh, I didn't know just where it was at. And it uh, come up a storm. And all at once, you know, snowstorms and oh the fog was slow you couldn't even see your hand before you and that's when you in them country you better sit down if you don't know where you're at because you'll die right there and see and uh, just get your place and hold up get something to eat and wait for a day or two the storm's over and then get out and see where you're at so I couldn't hold up Me, was in the woods never been in the woods before and a little lean to not even a door to it just you know a little lean to like that so there I was in that shape oh my I got went, I started right up like this I thought well i would turn it off up here somewhere I I'm right back to where I shot the deer i took off again i said i've got to find my way out of here my wife and baby will die in the woods see, it's turning cold, and that's fall ripping through which gonna be snow just a little bit see and i started up again and i come back to the deer again done it three times well i knew then i said well I, i'm going well, i'm somewhere see now the indian calls that the death walk you're on a flat place and you're walking around around a circle see now with a compass you wouldn't do that see but uh, you walk around a circle. The Indian calls it "you're on the death walk." So he calls you just get frantic. Then that's when they lose their mind and start running, screaming, and everything, and they finally plunge over a cliff or something and get killed, or either kill themselves. And then um, I, I remember I said, "Well, I'm going right straight." I, 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 you know, I got kind of delirious, and I said, "Sit down." Why you old fool? You know you're not lost. You you can't get lost. See, and I kept saying that for that. It just wasn't there. Something isn't there. You can't bluff it. You know, just like. And so I said, "Well, I'm not lost. I know exactly where I am. Sure, I come right in this way. That's exactly right. Going along talking to myself like that. You know, and just sweating as hard as I could. Now, if I'd been by myself, I just went over somewhere and pulled in a little place and wait till the storm was over, maybe a day or two. But been all right. Got me a piece of my deer and let her go. See. But you couldn't do that in the wife woods, never in the woods. Well, they'd die that night. They wouldn't know to take care of themselves in the woods. See. So I thought, I just going on there and I heard something say, I'm the Lord of very present help in a time of trouble. I just kept on walking. I thought, now I'm getting delirious. See, I'm thinking I'm hearing this. Just was first married 20 years ago. I just kept going like this and said, I'm the Lord of very present help in a time of trouble. And I said that three or four times. And after a while, I stopped and I thought, it, and either I'm beside myself or Almighty God's got mercy on me. And I just knelt down and set my gun down and I said, God. I confess, I'm lost. You see, I said, I, I'm lost, and I'll never, I can never get out of here. But I thought I was too good a woodsman to ever be lost. But I said, I'm completely turned around. There's no way. I got excited. You see, so there's no way at all for me to ever find my way out. And I, I don't deserve to live, sir, but my wife and baby does, See, so help me to get to them. So if they won't die in the woods, I said, I don't deserve to live, but they do. And uh, and uh, I said, if you just help me, I'll be very thankful to you. I got up, I said, now I'm going to set my face right this way, and I know I'm going straight towards to where I left me now, but I wasn't going right into Canada, see, on a death walk, see, I'm going right into Canada. And I started like this, and all at once, I, going go. Oh, man, I thought I'd go, my hand, I who's that? And I looked up, and just in time to look back, and just enough fog cleared away, till i see seen the top of Hurricane Mountain, and they was camped, just below Hurricane Mountain. Well, then I just stood there and wept like a baby, praising God, you know, for help me, Then I had to take out that way. And it got dark on me, and, and deers and things jump up from me. But I had, and after it got dark, I know the ranger, and i from this ranger's cabin, is right there, but that lean tube is locked up. And then that's a, that's 25 miles from the closest house from there on down, see. And then up here on the mountain, here over the ranger's cabin, then on up to the tower up on the big peak up there. Well, I know that I was on the peak somewhere, but then mountains are many, many, many miles around, you know, 30, 40 miles, 50 around the mountain there. And so, I thought now if i can only hit that wire that comes down across right he and i put up for a call you know it on the trees it goes down to the station and they relay it from the st- from the from the tower you know down to the station and he's coming up in a few days to bear hunt with me and it got night and i couldn't see you know when it's dark and i got dark in about 30 40 minutes it was only about two or three o'clock in the afternoon but i hold my hand up like this and i'd walk and i just get hold my gun and walk you know, I know that wire is just about this high Where we tacked on the trees all the way along. I thought if I could just hit that wire, I'd hit a limb when i catch him. I thought, uh, oh, that's a limb, see? I'd try again. Then when i change my arm would get to ache and hold up so long. I'd change and put my gun here and step back a couple steps, you know, be sure that it didn't overstep. it still be close to I like that. And brother, long and done, pitch black dark, you know, and have been walk by an hour in that garden And my hand hit that wire. I felt it. Well, I just bow my head and start crying. And I thought, Lord, right at the end of this line waits my wife and everything, see. I thought, that's right. And I stood there and held my head down, thanked him for it. And I thought, yes, Lord, I got my hand in yours. It's a current, a line. And right at the end of this line that I'm holding out in my heart holds everything is dear to me. See? All my loved ones, my Lord, my Savior, all that's dear to me lays at the end of this line. So I wouldn't let my hand get off that line. I'd follow that line right down the mountain. Always a little little bro- half-broken trail there where we'd come up, you know, but I wouldn't trust that. i just help the line when I hit a tree. I'd go right around the tree and catch it again. Go on the next minute and catch it on down about three miles down the mountain. And I got down there and Mitty was almost in hysterics, you know, just uh, such a fix, but that's it. See, there's nothing, no feeling like being lost. What about lost? Being lost in the woods, but what about being lost from God? Sure. That's well, Meaty, come on, honey. Brother Welsh has to go to work, and uh-huh. Banks now will probably want an early start, and all these other brothers want to go to work. Our sisters have get the kids all the and... Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed it half as so much as I did, talk to you, It was wonderful. I you Sure did. Brother Welsh, thanks for that nice time this afternoon too we had out there with that, take me out to the gator swamps out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sister, you all, I uh, sure thank you for that nice supper. Thank you for coming down. Oh <laughs> You got a little girl in there too. She's got the prettiest hair. I know she had of kind of a real yellowish gold looking hair. that's really pretty. I want to comment you on your hair too, fair. I will you used to wear a short. Hair. Kind of down to your shoulders, kinda or of someone. Or did you? No, okay. Yeah. But it really looks nice, and I'm I've noticed these, all these women here with their long hair and everything. It looks like, oh, they could be as nice one way as the other, you know, where they had short hair now, but it just looks so, you know, you know what I mean. It's, maybe it's just me. <laughs> There's that little girl. She's a little bit bashful, isn't she? Can I No. You ever tell me? Did you get that? She said we had to wait for Becky to come so that don't mean you have to go out and start preaching again. (laughs)
1: Has
0: that little girl got pretty hair too, honey? She's a cookie with her little ponytail hanging down there too. A little strawberry blonde. and. I'm going to get out and see if that old, uh, get that old Cadillac started, if I can, Brother Welshman. I'll, excuse me just a minute, will see if I can. sometimes you cough a little bit and bark, you
1: know. There. Oh,